Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. What's going on, y'all? This is Ed Lover, man. Somebody had the audacity to be stupid enough to bother Mike Tyson on a plane. Speaking of planes, ASAP Rocky lands in Los Angeles and gets arrested immediately. What the hell is going on between Benzino and 50 Cent and all other types of fuckery? This is Come On, Son, the podcast. Let's go. Come on, son, son, son. What's good, y'all? This is Come On, Son, the podcast. My name is Ed Lover, and it's overseen by the one and only Combat Jack. Is anybody watching the NBA playoffs this year? Very intriguing. Very, very, very intriguing. A lot of teams are doing a lot of things that you thought they were going to do. But listen, there's a lot of injuries going on out there. A lot of injuries and a lot of brain farts, too. What is going on with this transgender woman who's claiming that she's been messing with Benzino for a long time? If y'all don't know who Benzino is, do your research, y'all. Okay. Benzino uh, used to be a rapper. He has a daughter that's a rapper. And he used to be co-owner of the Source magazine. Do y'all remember magazines? Well, Benzino was co-owner of the Source. I think one of the things that makes Benzino more famous is loving hip-hop Atlanta when he was on there. And um, his so-called uh, relationship with Carly Red from that show. Shout out to Carly Red, Really nice person. Um, hang out with her a couple of times while he's in Atlanta. We have mutual friends, so... Big shout out to Carly Red all the time. Got to get her on the show. Got to get her on the podcast. Um, but uh, he's saying that him and uh, Young Buck, formerly of G Unit, was messing around with this this uh, young lady. And uh, Fifty been on him for it though. I don't know what Fifty got against Benzino, but Fifty really been on Benzino about this uh, so called relationship with this transgender uh, young lady. I mean, he's been posting a whole lot of shit. Like, 50 Cent is becoming the new, when it comes to this, he's the new uh, Takashi 6ix9ine. Like, he going at you. Like, whore. And don't give a fuck. I don't know, man. I don't know. What do y'all think? I don't, I don't, uh, I ain't got, that's a person's preference. I don't care. Remember back in the days when we found out that Mr. C from Hot 97 had a preference for uh, transgender uh, women? Like, he would actually, about prostitutes, you know, and uh, get head from them, too. 
Yeah, he was out there in, a couple of times. He got busted by the New York City Police Department with a transgender uh, female, male, female, in his car getting him some head or like on the West Side Highway and places where prostitutes would be at. They would, you know, catch Mr. C over there. He got caught like two or three times. And then it came out. It was a big thing. And at this point, it was, it's different now. I don't think a lot of people are really caring about what was going on with Benzino as much as they was caring when it happened with Mr. C. Because now sexuality is just, you know, it is what it is. You like what you like and you don't like what you don't like and nobody cares and it's the LGBTQ community. Um, it's normal. Things are being normalized now. Like, it's it's not just heterosexuality anymore. So, Shock, yeah, dismay, nah. Nobody cares about your sex life, for real. Unless you're a super-duper star like Rihanna. Like Rihanna being pregnant and as pregnant as she is, everybody's talking about it. Anything that Rihanna wears, everybody got an opinion on it. Then there was this rumor that came out that her and ASAP Rocky had broken up or not broken up, that Rihanna had dumped him because he was allegedly having an affair with one of her designers for her Fenty line. But then the young lady had to come out and said, that's not true. I don't even really know ASAP Rocky. Like, I met ASAP Rocky through Rihanna, and it was a hello and goodbye. Why are people choosing me to be the person that broke up their relationship when I don't even know this dude like that? You know? And then the dude lands. He's in Barbados, where Rihanna is from, where she's probably like the prime minister or something. He's in Barbados with Rihanna and uh, on a private jet. He flies back. I don't know if Rihanna stayed in Barbados for a family or whatever. He flies back and uh, he lands in Los Angeles and gets arrested for his involvement in a shooting. In Los Angeles, like, what's wrong with you, bro? What? You did something that Drake couldn't even do. And that's get Rihanna pregnant. Rihanna's worth a billion dollars. Well over a billion dollars. She's on the Forbes list. She's a billionaire. You're having a child with a billionaire and you're flying back private on a jet. Quite sure you didn't pay for that jet ASAP. Rocky. Might have made some money, but you ain't got that kind of money because you wasn't on the Forbes list, right? Um, and you get arrested in L.A.? Do you guys just, do you new rappers just want to throw your money away? Like, as an OG, it was a shock when one of us got arrested. I remember when Diddy got arrested for the gun charge in uh, Club New York, the thing that Shine ended up doing 10 years in prison for. That was a shock. That was a huge Shock. When Jay-Z got arrested for allegedly stabbing Un over some bootlegging of his album, that was a shock. It's like you guys are normalizing going to jail when Snoop went on trial for murder. That was a huge shock to the hip-hop community and to the people at large. Now, y'all just fucking go to jail. Or get arrested all the fucking time. Takashi 6ix9ine was on trial. Uh, 
NBA Youngboy is on trial. YFN Lucci is on trial. Gucci Mane had went to jail for a while. Uh, Kodak Black was in jail. It's just like, it's normal. We, we look at it now, we'd be like, oh, okay. But when, like, Prodigy went to jail, it was a fucking shock. When Ja Rule got locked up on the gun charge, fucking shock. When Fat Joe went to jail for tax evasion, shock. Lauren Hill, shock. Little Kim, shock. Y'all normalize it. I mean, the shit was shocking for us. We don't even blink twice like the normal hip-hop fan. The regular hip-hop fan don't even fucking blink twice no more behind y'all shit. Because you're normalizing this shit. You're always in trouble. You waste so much money. I wish to God right now I was an attorney. You waste so much money on attorneys. When you look up 20 years from now, unless you're able to accumulate the Rihanna money, the Drake money, the Diddy money, the Jay-Z money, you ain't going to have no money because you're always fucking going to jail. All these cases, the baby, all these cases, this just costs money for somebody to defend you. They're not defending you for free, and you're not getting no court-appointed lawyer. You're trying to get a top-notch lawyer. And believe me, they will use your lyrics against your ass in the court of law. And I know y'all been trying to get that shit taken out of the court system. But if you talk about what you just did, if you snitch on yourself, that's what's going to happen to you. Even when Mike Tyson went to jail, that shit was a shock. When Mike Tyson was convicted of rape and sexual assault, that shit was a shock to the world. A big shock. A big shot. Now Mike Tyson flying, minding his own business, and some asshole got to fuck with him, and Mike Tyson got to whip your ass on the plane. What in God's name made you think that it was okay to fuck with Mike Tyson on a plane? I don't know. What made you think that Mike Tyson still couldn't beat your ass? And the dude was much younger than Mike Tyson. Are you willing to take, like, Take that ass whipping because you know that Mike Tyson got a lot of money from his cannabis endeavors, his weed endeavors. Oh, and happy 420, y'all. Um, I didn't talk to y'all during 420. Happy 420 uh, for all the weed heads out there. I was going to celebrate 420 with y'all, but can't smoke weed right now, y'all. And big shout out to my connect, too. I ain't going to mention my connect, but shout out to my connect that knew... Uh, that his boy Ed Lover was suffering from some pain from sciatica and uh, bought me a little something-something to calm the pain down. I appreciate that. But happy 420, y'all, uh, for all y'all out there. But back to Mike Tyson. So Mike Tyson's farms, that's where he's making the bulk of his money right now. Um, you just think Mike Tyson's a punk? You didn't see Mike Tyson against Roy Jones Jr.? When Roy held the shit out of Mike to make sure he wasn't going to get punched, Mike Tyson could still fuck somebody up. So, dude, I don't understand what made you think it was all right to fuck with Mike Tyson. They was on a JetBlue flight coming back from San Francisco, and you just decided to jump out the window and fuck with Mike Tyson. Like, Mike Tyson wouldn't punch you in your face. The only thing worse that I could see of you fucking with Mike Tyson is fucking with somebody, and they turn around and they got a cauliflower ear. That means they're an MMA fighter. That means they will fuck your ass up. They will armbar you and they will break your shit. Or they will put you in a sleeper hole 
and put your ass to sleep. Or they'll knock your teeth straight down your fucking throat. I do not understand this go for bad attitude that's going on right now. People are losing their goddamn minds. You got to be crazy. Mike Tyson punched me one time. Punched me. It's on a videotape. We were doing your own TV raps. And he's getting ready to fight Razor Rudder. We was on his uh, golf course behind his house. Mike lived on a golf course. We couldn't find a key, so we had to jump the fence. All of us get over the fence. Dre holds on to the fence and breaks one of them little lions off the top of Mike Tyson's fence. Mike Tyson cursed him out. Called him all kind of fat bastards. And this is when he was at his peak. Undisputed heavyweight champion. Get ready to fight Razor Rudder. So we're on a golf course. Ted Demigod, rest your soul. Rest in peace, Ted. Is in the front. The cameraman is shooting it. Mike is in the back talking to Dre, walking behind me about five yards, the most. So he tells Dre, keep talking to Mike. Ed, I'm going to give you my point of view. I want you to lead the commercial. Dre is asking Mike, Mike, what is it about you that makes you so tough, man? What, where, where do you get it from? Mike says, hey, Dre, I'm from Brooklyn. You know, I grew up with a little lisp. I was a little chubby. They used to pick on me. I learned how to fight. I started knocking people out. You know, it's the Brooklyn thing. Ted points at me. I go, yo, we'll be right back with more. Iron Mike, Mike Tyson, get ready to fight. Razor Ruddock, I gave out the date. Make sure you tune in, pay-per-view, blah, 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 blah. I don't know what Mike talked about back there with all that old Brooklyn shit. Because I'm from Queens, and nobody from Brooklyn ever had anything from anybody from Queens. Mike heard me. Ran up behind me. Oh, Ed, you think you're funny? Back, right in the ribs. This is at the top of his game, y'all. This Mike had on fucking overalls and no shirt. Overall shorts. Punched me one good time. Man, I went down, bro. I tried to stand up, but my legs was noodles. I went down. Boom, right there on the golf course. Mike leans over me. Oh, shit, Don, Ed's going to sue me. I'm going to fucking get sued. I'm like, nah, Mike, you my man. I wouldn't have sued that. But somebody give me an oxygen tank. He hits hard. Then, and I know, even though he's over 50, I know he hits hard now. I know that for a fact. He still hits hard. He may not have the speed he used to have, but Mike Tyson hits hard. Mike will fuck you up. Absolutely fuck you up. I'm telling you. So I don't understand what was going on in your head that makes you think it's a good idea to fuck with I am Mike Tyson. You need a super, come on, son, for that. That's some stupid shit. Come on, son. Get the fuck out of here with that. Speaking of dumb shit, y'all, I forgot to mention that uh, ASAP Rocky was out on bond. That's my bad. Um, so that was some dumb shit on my part. And um, you know what I forgot to mention when I was talking about 50 Cent and Benzino? 50 got some kind of beef with stars, right? The channel that runs all the 50s uh, shits, you know, good shows that he got. They're not shit. They're really good shows. Um, all the power stuff. That 50 has, and um, he got beef with stars. And even his BMF stuff runs on stars. He got beef with stars. His contract is over. He keeps saying he's leaving stars. He's uh, got a six-month campaign for us to not watch stars for six months so they can feel the impact on 50 Cent's contribution to stars. And to tell you the truth, without 50 Cent's power verse, a lot of, I would say, majority being black people 
would not be watching Stars. And Stars got other shows, right? But none as popular as the stuff that 50 puts on there. So 50 is running a No Stars for Six Months campaign. A lot of prominent DJs, including my good friend DJ Envy from The Breakfast Club, is boycotting. He's down with it. I mean, Stars needs to respect 50 Cent a little bit more and uh, G-Unit Television for what he brings to the table. So now Stars is really going to push P-Valley because that's another one of their popular shows that black people watch, and it's not a 50 Cent show. So it would be interesting for everybody to keep their eye on it and see if 50's Powerverse ends up somewhere else besides Stars because you've got to get a man his credit for what he was able to create over there. And he brought it to stars. But you got to pay attention and see who stars is owned by. Because they may shut 50 out. Because you know what? I, I'm, I'm going to tell you this, and I'm, I can only say it the way I feel like saying it. Rich white people don't like uppity niggas. I'm going to tell you that. Because look at the history of what happened when Bill Cosby decided he wanted to buy NBC. Look at all the trouble that befall or befell Bill Cosby after that, after he announced it, and he had enough money and power to do it. So, fifth, be careful, okay? Negotiate in good faith. Get the shit that you want, but don't piss them off so bad that they all start talking and they block your whole shit, and we get no more power verse from anywhere from any one of these major networks. You know, you don't want it to get it to, to, for it to get lost in the sauce too. And that's some other shit that they pull. And I'm telling y'all this from experience. They pull shit like that. Like they will say, yeah, yeah, we'll, we, we gonna, we'll take it over here and then air it at a time where most people just can't watch it. So it'll go away quietly or they'll put it on and say, oh, it wasn't doing the numbers that we thought it was going to do and cancel it. They'll give you a development deal, give you a little bit of bread, and shelve your shit. This is for all of us up-and-coming writers and producers trying to get into the game. So you got to be very careful. And you got to be patient. Patience is a big virtue. And I know I'm going off the topic of 50 Cent in a six-month campaign against stars, but I want to tell all aspiring writers and creators out there to be patient with your project. Like, I'm watching Winning Time, right? The rise of the uh, Showtime Lakers. It's on HBO Max, and you can check it out. It's on HBO on Saturday night, too, and I've been watching it. I think I'm up to episode eight, eight, eight or nine. I think I'm up to episode nine, and they do a little thing after the show with the creators of the show and the producers and the writers of the show, and one of the main guys that created this show said this show nine years before he got this show on the air. Nine years, y'all. And Dr. Dre, myself, and T-Money, our partners Mike and Ian, are working on trying to get the Yom TV Raps documentary made, and it's been four years. Four years. Little to no cooperation from MTV at all. I mean, they tried to give us a development deal and they made up some bullshit excuse of why. I don't, I'm not going to go into details, but I will one day, of why they decided not to do the development deal with us. Um... I knew, and I had told my partners from a long time, that MTV is not going to do anything for us. The best we could do is to try to get 
some of the footage from them and pay them for the footage. But don't do anything with them. And this documentary is not so much about your own TV rats, but about the guys who went from obscurity to being famous all over the world because of a show called Yo. It's everything that we've done leading up to Yo. Yo is a small part of my life. A big part, but a small part at the same time. You guys understand what I'm saying? The big part is they gave me the platform to do what I was doing on MTV and to move on and for people to recognize me. But there was a me before Yo MTV Raps. There was a Dr. Dre and T Money. There was original concept before Yo MTV Raps. There was no face before Yo MTV Raps. There were so many other endeavors that we were involved with. And we want to explore the way hip hop and Yo MTV Raps affected the world and how it brought people together and how people learned about each other because of hip hop music and specifically because of Yo MTV Raps with Dr. Dre and myself and Fab Five Freddy and how it impacted people. Like I meet people all the time in big positions that tell me their love of hip hop came from watching you on TV rap. So we want to explore that part, not so much the show itself or, you know, the guests and all that. Yeah, that's cool. I mean, there's pivotal things that happened on you on TV raps, you know, shock G is no longer with us. The way people thought Shock G was, you know, and Humpty were two different people. That happened on Yo! TV Raps. But we want to explore more so how Yo! affected the world. And it did. It really did. We were on all over the world. And really affected the world in the way people view us. You know, the, the way people view hip-hop music. All started with a global show called Yo MTV Raps. And uh, we had a history before that. We were doing things. We might not have been on television and all of that. But Dre was and T Money were pretty successful with what they were doing in the music business. And I had I was a third quarter owner of a record label through Def Jam called No Face Records. It was me, Mark, and Shy. We were 30, 33 and a third, I should say, not a third. But 33 and a third apiece. So I was an owner of a record label, signing off on Hype Williams doing his first video. It's a lot of history there that people don't know about. So we want to do a documentary, and we've been trying to do this documentary for four years now. So patience is a virtue. I have a movie that's being made, y'all. Uh, I'm not going to tell you about it because I don't want to jinx it, but it's absolutely going into production. And I wrote the story for this movie almost three years ago. So you got to be patient. You have to be patient with projects and and really understand that if you love your, the project, you keep pushing. You just, you keep pushing. 50 didn't create the power verse overnight. Courtney Kemp, the original creator of that, interviewed Courtney and asked Courtney how long it took to get somebody to really believe in that project. And a person that really believed in it and put the money behind it was Fifth. So you got to be patient, y'all. You, you you really got to be patient, man. For real. Come on, son. What the fuck is the deal? Come on, son. You do it all without breaking a sweat. Like being a boss exec to Tuesday tennis to homework. Why do the kids have so much homework? Family dinners, lunches, brunches, trips to the vet, and a weekend getaway that's anything but a getaway. And you do it all in style. 
even when you have back-to-back conference calls on top of the kids' orchestra recitals, not to mention your side hustle. That's why we created the fully reimagined Infiniti QX60. A luxury SUV as functional as it is stylish and as versatile as it is serene. With premium features like a panoramic moonroof, ample cargo space, and available massaging front seats to bring the ease of luxury to your everyday. Introducing the all-new Infiniti QX60, designed to help you take on life and all the chaos it may come with in style. Learn more at infinityusa.com. Now with extremely limited availability, contact your local retailer for inventory information. Come on, son. What the fuck is the deal? Come on, son. I seen T.I. said when he was doing his stand-up at the Barclays in New York, you know, the day that he got booed, but he was trying to make a joke about how knowing what to say when you see some stars out there. And I think it's, it's, it's a good point. Um, the joke wasn't funny, but he made a very valid point. You guys got to understand how to approach somebody. Now, as a person that's been on both sides of the coin, a person that's recognized and a person that recognizes other people, I always make it a point to treat somebody the way I want to be treated. And I think that's the best thing that anybody can do. You should always treat people the way you want to be treated. Think about if you ran into, let's say, any city, right? Let's say Atlanta. If you ran into Tyler Perry getting a bagel in Atlanta, if you ran into Denzel Washington in New York, getting a bagel. If you ran into Will Smith in Philadelphia, he ain't going to slap you. That's guaranteed, but he don't live in Philly. Say he was in Philly visiting his mom's and he went to the store to get a bagel and you walked into the bagel store. What would you say? Would you say congratulations on Oscar? I enjoyed your King Richard. Keep your head up, bro. Would you say Mr. Washington? Love your work. Just want to tell you that. Have a nice day. Would you say, Mr. Nicholson, been a fan of your work for a long time. God bless you. Just want to let you know that I'm a big fan. And keep it moving. Or would you say something stupid? Damn, well, why the fuck you had to slap Chris Rock like that? Damn, Denzel, what the fuck you doing in the bakery store? Look at the way, look at what you got on. You Jack Nicholson, right? Damn, you look fucked up. Would you say some stupid shit? I remember one time I was in a uh, West Indian restaurant in Teaneck, New Jersey. Um, me and my man, D the God, my assistant at the time. I'm minding my business. I walk in, a couple of people say, Yo, Ed Lover, how you doing, man? Love your radio show. I go, yeah, thanks, man. Dude walks in. Ed Lover, right? I said, yeah, I'm waiting for my order. Yeah, bro, absolutely. Damn, Ed, look at you, man. You look like you getting old. I said, Asia, I can't do nothing about my age, bro, but you ugly, and you can do something about that. And everybody was like, ooh. Bow, gotcha. Why are you going to say some stupid shit? 
this is why Mike Tyson and other people like that want to be left alone. You can't just say, hey, Mike, how you doing? Or Mr. Tyson, you really don't know him like that. Hey, Mr. Tyson, how you doing? Big fan, man. Enjoy your flight. I remember one time I was walking through Atlanta Airport. I was walking from my gate. Anybody ever been in Atlanta Airport? You know how big that fucking airport is. Walking from my gate to the baggage claim because they had they got trains in there. And there was something wrong with the trains. So everybody, they like underground trains. When you get off, you go downstairs and you catch the train from A, B, C, D, E, F, or international to your baggage claim, right? And there's an international baggage claim also, which is different. So everybody's walking. I'm walking in one direction to the baggage claim. Other people are walking to the A, B, C, D, E, F, I mean, pavilions where they're going to, you know, wherever they're going to catch their plane at. So there's A, one, two, three, four. Y'all know what I'm talking about. And out of the corner of my eye, when I'm walking, I see the amazing Viola Davis walking. Viola Davis. And she saw me looking at her. And I just gave her a salute. And she gave me a salute, and we kept it moving. I didn't yell, oh, shit, Viola Davis. I didn't bother the lady. I understood that she was trying to catch a plane. That was it. I recognized her. Gave her a salute. She gave me a salute back. Kept my mouth closed. Not for everybody else. If I had yelled, damn, they go Viola Davis, maybe she'd have got mobbed. Just leave people the fuck alone. Or say something nice and keep it moving. That's it. 99% of the shit that I get when I get recognized is good shit. It's the 1% that drives you fucking crazy. Absolutely. Sometimes you have to understand, too, there's a time and a place for everything. Seeing somebody that you recognize from television or film in the bathroom is not the time to ask for a picture. No. No. Nine times out of ten, I'll say, when I come out the bathroom, I got you. That's just who I am. Everybody's not like me. Everybody's experience with somebody is not the same. If somebody's tired, I I remember one time I got on a plane, y'all, just a true story. I'm in first class, and I'm not bragging. I'm just telling you this is where I was sitting. First class, first seat, on the aisle. I'm sitting there, and the plane is getting ready to take off, and I was reading. And um, the person who was sitting next to the window hadn't gotten on the plane yet, and I was wondering, wow, is this going to be like you know, an empty seat? Maybe I'll move over and lay my head up against the window and go to sleep. Um, all of a sudden, the person gets on. Excuse me, I didn't even look up. Excuse me, to put their bag in the overhead, got past me, sat in their seat, buckled up. We took off. Um, the first thing I noticed was the scent, so I knew it was female. Um, then I looked down at uh, the hands, so I knew it was a black female. Then all of a sudden I looked up, and it was fucking Vanessa Williams sitting right next to me. Yeah, former Miss America Vanessa Williams, Soul Food Vanessa Williams, actress Vanessa Williams, that Vanessa Williams, fine-ass Vanessa Williams, sitting right next to me on the flight. 
going from L.A. to New York. So it's going to be a long flight, six hours, five and a half. Right next to me. I kept reading. I ain't say shit. Kept reading. We're halfway through the flight. She elbows me. I turn around and look at her. I thought, you know, she was tapping me at something. She had to go to the bathroom. So I started moving. She's like, Ed Lover, we've been almost three hours into this flight, and you ain't going to say shit to me. And I was like, that's what broke the ice, is the fact that she recognized me. You know? And from there, I was like, I didn't know if you wanted to be bothered. You know, I understand getting on a flight, you may be tired. I wasn't going to say nothing. And we just laughed. And that's because people sometimes need their privacy. And if somebody says no to a picture, don't curse them out. I know you are the one that supports people, but sometimes you got to understand, man, a human. So why would you go pick a fight? with fucking Mike Tyson on a plane. Why would you do that? Why Why do you think that's your time to tell people how much you dislike whatever is the last thing that they just did? Like I told you, I don't agree with what Will did to uh, Chris Rock. But if I saw Will, I don't think I'd mention it. I'd just say, hi, how you doing? How you feeling, bro? If he brings it up, and ask me, then I'll tell him. But if he don't, I'll tell him. I like King Richard. Congratulations. That's about it. I don't understand why people feel the need as a fan to disrespect somebody. Even Benzino. Oh, nigga, you fucking niggas now. Nah. This is me, man. I guess I've been in the industry so long, I, I just wouldn't do it. I just won't do it. Why antagonize somebody? Yeah, nigga, you know, uh, ASAP Rocky, this nigga got Rihanna pregnant. Look at this nigga. Like, remember when Jason Derulo fought the fans because they kept calling him Usher, which I thought was dumb on Jason Derulo's part. I thought that was so fucking dumb. Bruh, keep it moving. You got somewhere to be. You got something to lose. The, the average fan doesn't have anything to lose. When the shit costs you $80,000, $90,000 for slapping somebody, then you're going to understand that shit ain't worth it. That's why the celebrities keep security around them. Not because they don't want to deal with you. It's because they don't want to be antagonized into hitting you, which causes a civil lawsuit and giving you money. And people are out there just to do that too. There are people out there just trying to get the bag any means necessary. If it means antagonizing a fucking celebrity, that's what they're doing. Speaking of celebrities, I just read that the guy who, I want to say, asshole, who killed Clarence Avon's wife and my friend's mom got 60 years in prison for it. 60 years, that's his minimum. He got 60 to life for it. For doing a push-in robbery and killing Mrs. Avon. 60 to life. Good for him, fuck him. That's what I say. Everybody can't be rehabilitated, y'all. You ever watch something on, on television and be like, how the fuck is he out of prison? You ever seen that? 
You watch it, you be like, how the fuck? You got a long rap sheet. You got a conviction, especially on the first 48. You got a conviction for this, that, 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 this. You be like, how the fuck he get out of prison? Burr. This world is going crazy, man. I was telling my wife the other day, man. And I asked her yesterday. I was like, when you was like 19 to 20, did you, did you and your girlfriends call guys niggas as much as these young girls do on social media? Because these niggas here in, 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 in the music, because these niggas, all a nigga can do for me, and that, 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 I listened to a record my wife had on a playlist. It was by Cardi B. And she was saying something like, all a nigga can do is what you allow him to do. I was like, niggas? Why we got to be that? I mean, I'm not in that age bracket, so I know they're not talking about me. And I don't, I don't take it to heart. But I just think that they have such a big influence on the next generation. And I don't think my generation understood our influence. I know for sure we didn't understand our influence. Because at one point, the biggest artists from my generation of the 90s were the drug dealers, right? Right? The Jay-Z's, the Biggie's, the Nas. And then we wonder why this next generation that came through after us is rapping about using drugs because you bragged about dealing drugs. You did. You bragged about it. I mean, that just wasn't all of hip hop. I mean, there was a lot of great messages going through hip hop and the 90s is the greatest decade of, of music ever, but we did. And now that we're grown, and have kids and making a Forbes list and all that shit. Now we want to try to be grown ups and preach to them. It's too late. It's too fucking late, y'all. Too late. Big shout out to people who are making a big difference in their communities. The LeBron Jameses, the Jalen Rose. I watched this thing about Jalen Rose. If y'all check it out, it's on um HBO. Real Sports with Brian Gumble, with Jalen doing in his community, how he took a abandoned elementary school and changed it to the Jalen Rose Academy. He talks a lot about his background, about being abandoned by his father, but his father was a Detroit Piston. He grew up in Detroit. He still lives in Detroit. He loves Detroit. His father played Jimmy Walker, played for the Detroit Pistons. His boy is watching his father play basketball, and his father wanted nothing to do with him. That shit made me cry. I was sitting on the couch watching it crying because I had an opportunity to grow up with my father. Talking about how he played against Grant Hill, who came from the nuclear family, mother and the father in the house, both very smart people. Uh, in college, when the Fab Five in Michigan played Grant Hill and Duke, he was calling Duke uh, Grant Hill. Duke played at Grant Hill, all kind of Uncle Tom's. And he says... When I look back at it, it's because I was jealous of what Grant Hill had, a mom and a dad. He grew up poor in Detroit, the product of a single mom, doing the best she can. And she did a great job with Jalen Rose. And there's a lot of people out there. And those are the people that he is helping, trying to reach those people. And... There's a lot of great people out there doing shit like that. Him, LeBron James, a lot of pastors and preachers around the country, especially my man Corey Brooks, Pastor Corey Brooks in 
Chicago trying to make a difference in kids' lives that come from poor communities, the community where his church is, one of the worst communities in Chicago. But he's highly respected over there. And he's doing great work over there. Great work. New beginnings in Chicago, y'all. Make sure you check it out. Check out Pastor Corey Brooks. But I say that to say this. It made me say to myself, Ed Lover, you're not doing enough. Ed, you're not doing enough. What can I do in my community, where I'm from, to build a strong next generation of men and women? Because we've come through the storm. We've come through the crack era. We made it out through the other side, to the other side. Some of us did not. And a lot of us, when they come home, they're trying to help the next generation. You know, not to make the same mistakes that they made. I didn't make those mistakes. I was lucky enough through entertainment and music to come out on the other side. And I sat there on my couch and I cried because I felt bad for Jalen Rose. But there's a million or two million Jalen Roses in the United States, poor and coming up in a single mother household. So what can we do collectively to open up more charter schools? Detroit has the worst public school system in America. What can we do to help those that want to be helped? Get off our asses and do something, even if it's donating a dollar, ten dollars, a hundred dollars, thousand dollars, five thousand, ten thousand. We should give to these people that are really doing LeBron James doing the same thing. Tuition free, straight through. Hats off to LeBron, man. For real. Say what you want to say about him as a basketball player in the big Jordan LeBron debate. It's going on forever, but that man do great things in, in the community where he grew up at. Can't front on that shit. Nobody else, nobody can front on that. Building leadership academies, charter schools. That's the shit, y'all. That's the shit for real, man. For real. Listen, man, I had a good time talking to y'all today. Hope y'all enjoyed this podcast as much as I enjoyed bringing it to you. Got a lot of good stuff coming up in the future on these podcasts. Shout out to DJ Envy. Rest in peace to K. Slay. Rest in peace to the drama king, K. Slay, that gave so much for this culture. So much as a graph writer back in the days to a DJ to keeping the culture alive when the culture kind of went awry. Because the culture of hip-hop was never about the money. It was all about the music. It was all about the craft writing. It was all about being different. It wasn't. We weren't trying to be the same. We were trying to be different. We were trying to bring mainstream into us, not becoming mainstream. We were anti-music. We weren't a mainstream music. If it crossed over, fine. I'm not even talking about what the music sold and how it crossed over. I'm talking about the culture of hip-hop that we lost. There is no culture of hip-hop anymore. It's all about getting a bag. It's not about the music. The music is a means to money. That wasn't what the music was for us. The music was ours. It was something that we created. And big shout-out to DJ K. Slay for keeping that culture alive 
as long as he did and given opportunities to artists that could spit that we had never heard of ever and given them a platform to shine. K. Slay, you will be missed, my man, for giving us Straight Stuntin' Magazine for a lot of the brothers that was locked up to get a look at some of these beautiful black women that we have out here in this world. Big thank you goes out to K. Slay. You gone physically, but you will always be here with us. Your soul, your contribution will live on. Hopefully mine will too, bro. Love you, K. Slay. Never had a bad word for me. I never had a bad word for him. Good dude. DJ K. Slay. Rest in peace. Passed away on Easter Sunday at the age of 55. Let's drop some K. Slay on him as I walk out the door. Come on, son. Take care of yourselves. Yo, 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 what the fuck poppin', man? It's the Drama King, man. Yo, who there? Who there? Who yeah. there, man? Yeah, it's, it's 50 Cent, nigga. What's Harlem, up, man? Harlem the Queens, motherfuckers. How? What's up, man? And I'll smack the fucking shit out your favorite DJ, man. Y'all know what the fuck yeah. it is, man. Yeah, yeah. And, and say something, you bitch-ass yeah, nigga. Yeah, street justice, motherfucker. Yeah, go ahead, say something. Yo, yo, check it out, 50. You handle the bitch-ass rap, niggas. I'ma handle the bitch-ass DJ, nigga. All right, all we right. We gonna bring justice to the game. That's how we gonna put Fake it down. motherfuckers. That's the sound of the man talking that thing, that thing. That's the sound of the man clapping that thing, thing. Hey, Yo, slay, nigga. Taught not to see who shot you. Yeah. See flash, you heard the shot, you feel it burning, I got you. Uh-huh. Say a prayer for me if you care for me, cause I'm on the edge. I'm finna put a shell nah, on the nah. nigga head. I rock a lot of ice, I dare you to scheme on it. The fifth got a rubber grip and a beam on it. Homie, they took the hit on me, couldn't shoot. They say I'm skinny now, but I look big in the coop. My cousin Uzi out in LA, been tripping through the sets again. I shot the fuck up, trying to rob the wrong Mexicans. I write my lifestyle, your niggas is cheaters. Your lines come from feds, fellas, and Don Oh, you the black hand of death, then why your name ain't great? Yeah, if you a pimp like Ken, why the hoes don't treat you? you on a ball like Kirk, now surely let me teach ya This flow's God sent, it's bound to reach Problem child, I'm familiar with problems I know how to solve them Semi-automatically a trade, revolve them Shoot them all wrong, in the hope they starving You don't want problems, problem child And why can't you This Ed Lover podcast is being done in conjunction with Cigars International. Make sure you check out CigarsInternational.com for all your cigar needs. This episode of Come On Son, the podcast is produced, engineered, and edited by Cam Quotes and Krista Hayes. Recorded out of Atlanta, Georgia, this is an official Loudspeakers Network podcast brought to you by Ed Lover. Be sure to check out the return of Come On Son, the web series exclusively on Patreon. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission.